where they walk, out where they run, out where they play all day in the sun, wandering free. Hey, 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 wish I could be. Turn up. Welcome to the greatest podcast you never heard. Melanin dripping off each and every word. The abstract, the obscure, and the absurd. This is colorful language, y'all. <laughs> Shout out to my girl Haley Bailey. That's my Ariel. That's my, that's my, that's my Ariel. Hey, we talking about black girl magic today, y'all. <laughs> Only fitting. That we're talking about that, and the little mer- mermaid is black. Did you hear what I said? The little mermaid is black, y'all. <laughs> Let's get into it. Colorful language. Truth of the matter is, is that American culture at this point, what is truly American, is black culture. Black culture. Black culture. If black Twitter had a voice, it'd probably sound a little something like this. Keep it up, my nigga, my nigga, my nigga, my nigga, my nigga, my nigga. Ladies and gentlemen, today's guest is a thespian and an educator from the Hampton Roads area. And as such, she definitely carries a lot of personality. But more importantly, she is an unapologetically black woman who has a lot of strong opinions on the state of the black woman as a whole. At least I hope she does for the sake of my show. So without (laughs) further ado, let us welcome Brittany S. Harris to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Mm -hmm, I'm mm -hmm. really, really looking forward to this. And uh, yeah, man, this is a topic that I I think holds a lot of different opinions and outlooks and insights. And I'm just ready to kind of jump into a really good dialogue about it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, there's so many uh, mixed feelings and uh, different differences in opinion on um, the state of the black woman, you know? Yeah. um, who better to get on here than a black woman? <laughs> so, hey, hey. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and and it's kind of interesting because I think this season, and I'm just going to give a brief thing here, but yeah. this season I wanted to try to bring some people that are different from me who try to, you know, can bring some perspective on things that I don't understand so I can get mm-hmm. some clarity and maybe give it to the listeners as well. So right. uh, that's where we're going with it. So let's go ahead and get started. First of all, Brittany, how you doing? How's everything? I'm good. I'm doing real good. Yeah. How about yourself? I'm hanging in there. You know, your boy just got a promotion, so I'm out here, you know, shining. Congratulations. Climbing Jacob's ladder. I know, that's right. Congratulations. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Thank you. So, you know, life is good. So, I'm I'm, I'm sitting pretty right now. So, um, let's jump straight into the icebreaker. Let's get straight into it because we got a lot to talk about today. So, let's get going. Yeah, sure. My icebreaker question for you, Brittany, is I, I like to do one gotta go. I want to do one. Gotta go. Oh, those. And uh, you know, <laughs> it's an easy game to play, but depending on who the people are, it can be tough. right. So, you are a thespian. You are an actress, mm-hmm. and as such, I chose this one. Gotta go to do black male actors that are very prominent: Will Smith, Denzel Washington, Morgan Freeman, Samuel L. Jackson. One gotta go, and all of their work. Who you got? Uh. Um, well, to be honest, it wasn't too hard to kind of narrow it down to who, and it's mm-hmm. Sam. 
mm-hmm. uh, Samuel mm-hmm. Jackson. Um, mm-hmm. Not anything against him. Actually, his journey is phenomenal. You know, he was a recovering either crack addict or he was on drugs. He was addicted to that. And film is kind of what broke him out of that. Was you know, I think it was Spike Lee. Actually, you think when yep. Spike got his uh, Oscar, he they, the way they hugged each other, it just showed that those years yeah. of yeah. camaraderie, right, and rapport. But um, to be honest, it's just about his body of work. Um, I'm I don't I don't really follow I follow it. I'm very familiar with it. I know that he's kind of like a household name for his motherfuckers is and all that. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of get it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. and just in the sense of the other artists, you know, Will Smith and Denzel Washington and even Morgan Freeman. And Morgan Freeman was my other one, the one too. Like between those two, the other two, just because I know Denzel from his theater work and his film work. I know Will with his film work, but also his philanthropy, you know, but when it came, when it comes down to, and Morgan Freeman had some really good philanthropy, and so did Sam, but it kind of came down to just looking at the body of work, and Sam, his stuff, I was like, yeah, I, I could live without it, and I don't know who else would play Nick Fury, but... Um, well, if, if we want to be technical, in the comics, Nick Fury was a white man, he was a white right, guy, exactly. so they would have exactly. just got a white guy. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. they could have just, yeah, they ended up recreating it for his essence, or something, I, I read that, or mm-hmm. something along uh, some lines but yeah you can't even imagine Nick Fury without him being ball black I know like oh wow but yeah he's the one Mm okay okay yeah I'm mad at the choice (laughs) I'm mad at the choice I I uh I understand where you're coming from um I'm gonna give my opinion yeah first of all ours are different so I was expecting you to be on my same page you're not so that's great (laughs) so let's narrow down with who gets to stay okay Mm -hmm. uh Will He's got classics. I mean, for me, classics for me, you know, growing up. I can't, and, you know, outside of his movies, I cannot imagine a world without Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So, automatically, that that locks him in. Because if he got to go, that means that got to go. And there's no right. way how, you know, no way. So, uh, Denzel, we, we don't even have to say, but, I mean, Malcolm X, Training Day, American Gangster, Remember the Titans, John Q. He got game. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Right. So many great films over the years. I mean, definitely a legend. And uh, the next guy, he's, see, because now we're down to two. The next guy who's got to stay, to me, he's a legend. I follow a lot of his movies because I pulled up his catalog when I pulled this up. And I was like, I love that movie. Love that movie. Love that movie. Love that movie. That's amazing. So, you know, but the real reason why he gets to stay on board is the glorification of one of the greatest words in the English language. Let me play a clip for you just so you Please can understand. do it. Yes. Motherfucker, motherfucker, you fine, motherfucker, motherfucker, motherfucker. You know all them motherfuckers mm-hmm. is stuck in there as a barrel of snakes, motherfucker, 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 motherfucker. So, oh, okay. <laughs> there and and there it is. So we know who got it. I think it. we know who that is. I don't even have to say his name. <laughs> so his name, <laughs> the motherfucking Samuel motherfucking Jackson. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. of course Morgan Freeman. I'm sorry. Lean on me. I love Lean on me. Uh, he was in Glory. Uh, Shawshank Redemption was like one of my favorite movies. Yeah, but yeah, Morgan Freeman's got to go. So yeah, that's what they were my top. Mm-hmm. They were my two. You know, I think I think we do see eye to eye at least on the mm-hmm. first two. Yeah, it was close. Yeah. It was close. But I mean, <laughs> Samuel Jackson honestly has been in some movies that like I'm like I can't go through life without half of tarantino's films can't do that. oh sure sure you know what i mean sure. and that's just one example i mean he's been in so many other cool movies that i'm like oh i like that movie like shaft for example i loved yeah. Shaft when i was younger you know back in 2000 or whatever so anyway he gets to stay uh 
Cool. So let's go ahead and let's go ahead and dive right into it, guys. That was just a little icebreaker, just to kick this off, just to see if me and Brittany have any chemistry at all. <laughs> and um, from, yeah, from the looks of it, it'll be okay. I think we're gonna be good. So let's talk about the black woman, okay? The black woman has been through a lot of things uh, over the years. There's been a lot of uh, changes and metamorphoses, but at the end of it all, the black woman is still human and uh this episode i wanted to do to not only celebrate um our black woman but i also wanted to get an understanding from the black man perspective as far as what you guys go through how can we bridge this gap how can we understand where y'all are coming from because we see a lot of the the talk but we don't it's kind of hard some for some people to, to get it you know what i mean yeah so, um, I'm going to start with a question for you, and um, we'll kind of go back and forth on this real quick. So, the rise of the black woman in, this, in, in, in America, specifically. What factors, Brittany, do you think have contributed to the successes of today's black woman? Okay. So, I'm going to come at you with the way that you phrase this, because to rise means to imply that something was below, mm-hmm. and that kind of bothers me because in a sense yes we were below we so are I, I don't already fucked up already <laughs> no you didn't mess up no, just you just you it's just in the wording of it and i think that's the importance of it because we're a society that's built off perceptions and some of our perceptions come from words and observations right oh, yes. so in in this sense of just the word the phrasing the rise of the black woman is a little indignant like while the phrasing implies like i said uh, us gaining recognition for ourselves and owning our own words and all of that but in the simpleness of that word that means we were the below we're the groundlings we're insignificant and with that it comes years of like systemic pain and angst and all of that comes to mind we've always been here Terrence and that's the point we've always been present but we've never really been seen or given the light that we need so in that regards I do look at it from wow we have been here but now for somehow I don't know we're just like a trending topic or whatever but it it seems like we are in the in the limelight which is a good thing it's not a bad thing but it's just at what point did it have to get to this point do we have to get glorified through a hashtag or a movement or you just didn't open your eyes to see that we were here this entire time and it it kind of comes down to perception of personal perception and societal um, perception so for instance I'm a black woman that's always known I'm a black woman but didn't need to bring and throw race every time I just stood up on my own and then race got kind of put on me when I was out there like I'm not saying I didn't see race that's not what I'm saying but it just wasn't a factor that I had to always lead with although it was a part of me and it felt like I was raised just to be seen as this the strong woman that I am. Mm-hmm. And then adding black to it, it was like, yeah, I'm proud of that too. And I also have this, but sometimes society just looks at the black part. And oh, she's just a black woman. And that's what you said. You didn't say the rise of the strong black woman. You said the rise of the black woman. And we have been here. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of how I feel about the perception versus personal and societal. Absolutely. And you have been strong the whole time. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's a great point that you bring up. Uh, there's so many different movements that's just going on in this country, and it's it. I, I see where you're coming from. It's like you guys are getting swept into a category, as if 
you know, this shit hadn't been going on all along. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely understand that. I wanted to get into uh, like these different hashtags and these 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 boxes that they put you guys in. Um, right. But uh, before I get into that, I want to talk about something that I heard on uh, Breakfast Club, and I know I we should put zero salt in pretty much anything media based. But I just whenever things catch my attention. I, I, you know, I get triggered a little bit. Um, I listen to um, Dr. Umar, which is the the number one person you really don't want to listen to. In my opinion, this guy's all over the place. You yeah, know, he's like super woke. Like it ain't even woke. He's so woke that you sleep. But you know, I I agree. I've, I've yeah. Yeah, but he had something interesting at least to think about, and basically he talked about the beginnings of how black women black women have become more prominent because of course um you have stood in the background you know and is that a fair assessment to say that you you know that you've kind of played second fiddle to the black man is that something fair to say before i even go second fiddle to everyone yeah you know um yeah so it's it's fair to say that that's, that's the assessment that is the perception um that society has but like i said before i mean it's we can get in deep as in what's happening in the household nature versus nurture what nature says about me versus nurture because i have and it's not an entitlement that i have but there is an acceptance and you kind of uh, asked me what were the factors that contributed you know to that um it is that acceptance and there's something in that that society can't take from us it's and that's where this rise of uh, the indignant, the, the the dignitary, strong black woman is coming from is because we are accepting us. We're now accepting our hair for what it was. I mean, that's a big part of it. I mean, we are our hair. God is in the Bible. You know, yeah. the strength comes from the hair. You know what I mean? It's 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 that that whole the everybody says I'm going back natural. I mean, I'm going natural. No, we're going back. Or no, we've always been natural. Blah blah blah. Right? But but in the in the sense of it is that ex- the acceptance of self. The and honestly, it's these hashtags that kind of help this. It is social media. As much as I can't stand the friggin' Facebooks and Instagrams and Twitters and Reddits and all that shit, it honestly was giving us that platform to start a dialogue. And even if it wasn't with ourselves just yet, it was with people. It was putting us out there. And it provided this kind of beautiful way to highlight the positive versus the challenges in ourselves but it is accepting ourselves as well um and with that comes mindfulness so if you are accepting yourself hopefully you can start being mindful of how you affect those around you and that's perceived exactly and that's how it's contributing to this rise this strength that's being seen that's finally getting some recognition because we have always been there in the foreground the background holding up building up these societies and all that and holding down our communities but now we're out there and we're speaking about that now is the acceptance of that and the mindfulness mm-hmm. um and then the last the last contributing factor i think really is we finally have purpose and we we talked uh, we probably mentioned you know some conversation about education being so important but mm-hmm. it is that declaration and dedication to our education and our purpose for growth and personal wealth whatever that gives us the reason to live um that's where the rise is coming from it's no longer i need to support this household i can run this fucking household yeah. or partner with my husband or my partner or whoever 
and mm-hmm. and make this work and, and stand up or not have an own empire of my own and don't have to be affiliated by who I marry or who I'm affiliated with with my family name or whatever and when it was inherited you know um, that's passed on generationally or whatever it's amazing how um, we're now just taking ownership for like ourselves ourselves and finding a purpose to, to move and grow so those are the things that I really think contributed to the, the growth for sure and I, I love that last part about you know just really stepping out there and, and, and breaking those societal norms that have been bound upon you but you know the successes of black women yeah I mean it's hitting all of that the black the successes of the black woman from what i perceive come from steering outside of the norm stepping outside of caretaker stepping outside of social worker all that type of stuff if you want to do that you can but it's not like you're being pigeonholed in certain careers or certain things right. like you're stepping outside of your realm and you're giving yourself a voice and it's, it's right. really it's really amazing to see but um going back to my point dr umar talked about something that was like it was a little t- way too deep and it, it, it was like, you know, systematic and all this stuff, but it made a little bit of sense. And I wanted to get your thought on it. So sure. he mentioned that the separation of black homes back in the 1970s really kicked it off um, as far as black women standing alone. Because um, because, uh, you know, where did the single parent household all come from in the black community because if you think about slavery and even through Jim Crow we were together black men black women we were together holding it down trying to build our communities and we even were building our own uh, foundation we were funding you know your Marcus Garvey's we were funding Black Panther Party we were funding Black Wall Street through black dollars and from what he said what he said and it sounded logical to me but what he said is that the government looked into it and was like okay we need to separate this to to make sure that the black race is beneath and how do we do that so um he mentioned uh the deindustrialization of the country and forcing people to kind of go into college and versus working with your hands and and forcing um you know those communities to not because you could go to high school back then apparently go to high school and come out and have a trade that you could use to actually make you some funds Mm -hmm. to some tangible you know skills and Mm -hmm. since then he mentioned that around that time they started taking that and putting that in college and then also forcing us to pick up careers that aren't really good with your hands like you know teach well i don't want to say teaching but you know like uh psychology or something like that and um you know the point of it is uh starting there and then the 80s obviously we already know what where where i'm going with this but you know with crack and uh all of that being introduced in the community it further separated the black home and since then um black women were forced to be the provider and the caretaker for the black homes and Mm -hmm. that starts as the quote-unquote rise to prominence for black women to stand out and to be leaders not only in the community but also the nation but because of that there's negative effects as far as having a chip on your shoulder because you're carrying such a heavy load um and i think nowadays i think it ties into now because you're being vocal about all of that you know and Mm -hmm. it does express itself through hashtags and all of that type of stuff so let me just ask you real quick what do you what do you think about that as far as like the systemic rise for black women in this country and I know yeah. I'm, I'm using the term rise, I, but it, I mean, based off of that logic, 
it seems like you know black women were put to a higher standard as far as being pillars of the community right um well you know it's something about the adaptability of just black women in general Mm -hmm. um uh, you did like a really good thing. You talked about like code switching a few you know, episodes back or whatever. And that's something that we not even just in how we talk, but like the switching of your role as well. And going from a mother and then now going just from a sole mother to the sole provider for this house because X, Y, Z or whatnot. Um, I come from a household of um, a working mom. Um, that necessarily didn't have to work. My father was in the military, um, and my mother uh, came from a family of thirteen. Damn, wow. thirteen. She had yes, yeah, she had ten. Yeah, see, uh, that's so, old school. That's yeah, how it old, used to be back right? in the day. All, I mean, all right, three <laughs> boys, ten girls. She's like the seventh child, the sixth girl, wow. and so her perception of everybody had a little something, something to do. Everybody right. had a job. Yeah, everybody, everybody had a job. Had a, but also, and this is something that she instilled in me and my sister, all of them used their fucking hands as well. Yeah. And that is something that my mom, I mean, this little, literally this woman will work over 40, 50 hours a week and then get outside and do yard work better than my dad and pull me mm-hmm. and my sister out there to hold the, the rake or hold the bag or whatever. And she taught us that the both of, you know, yeah, you can do this to earn your money, but what about right. your household and that balance, right? That's and right. that is something that... Um, we as black women and uh, just do extremely well and I can only speak and say black women because I'm a black woman I can't speak on a different household if I don't know so mm-hmm. I'm only speaking from mm-hmm. what I know right now oh, right um, I'm pretty sure the other side and other cultures have different things but for now <laughs> for right. this um, I do find there is some truth into what he's saying um, about the lineage or systemicness systemic um, embodiment of all that I really yeah. believe that's real um, unfortunately, it is. Um, I, it's so funny you mentioned the pushing people towards education and using it as a, um, a, as a crutch, a weapon, uh, rather. Yeah. And it's so funny because that weapon is what actually makes us stronger now. Right. You gave us the education. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, pushed yeah. us there. Oh, wow, we forgot to really work with our hands, but goddammit, you can't take our mind. And if I can use my mind, I can find ways to use my body. You know what I mean? And But listen, there's still levels that they still have that we haven't unlocked yet. So, yeah, okay, now we have the education. Now, how do we get inside those, you know, boardroom meetings? How do we become CEOs? There's not Terrence, really many black women CEOs. Right. See, that's that's the next level. That's what it is. Like the next level is we don't need to get a seat at the table. We'll build Mm -hmm. our own fucking table and create our own board. (laughs) And if that and 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 in 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 that regards, then we do need to see how it works though, right? So that's still learning. So you we do people always like, man, try to work it for the for the man, you know. No, work, learn from that shit. And yeah. then put you, you got to learn. You, can, you can't just say, I'm going to be a business owner, owner and you read that dang, I don't know, business for 101 for dummies or some shit and think yeah. you're going to run your own business. So you have no. to actually Roll your watch. Up. You have to, it, exactly. Yeah. And, and in that regard, you're right. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, like how do we get to that next level? How that's, do we level that's, up? But you, you bring up a good point. That's the next level. Not trying to get a seat at the table, but make our own table. That's an incredible, right. incredible way of thinking. You know, so, and frightening, yeah. un- very frightening frightening about it is that now it comes into what's already systemic in us and this can be like a probably a whole nother episode okay. of how black people look to work with other black people and the way we treat each other when it comes mm-hmm. to success oh. uh, it's just so sad that okay fine we get to this level i'll be honest so i follow a lot of natural hair um like naturalistas who have their own hair care businesses and different product lines 
and they get so much slack from oh, yeah. other black women just trying to find something wrong with their model rather than just supporting them and it's kind of in us to support you to a point but then if you get too famous and you get too successful man they sold out no they earned this they built that it's a whole nother topic i know i'm sorry yeah, it, but it is a whole nother topic but, but it's related i mean the black community that's i think i think honestly and i'll leave it at this the the biggest challenge that we have to face as a black community is not them is us it's mm-hmm. us versus us and once we become unified and really have that same mentality of thinking you'll see some real tangible change and it's already the wheels are starting to turn and i yeah. mean yeah the, and that's the nation- systemic too though you know mm-hmm. that oh i mean course. that just comes straight from the fields straight up house yeah. versus fields i mean come on now and I'm people not think to say that we say right that now, but but, but it's people- real- yeah, people think we say that just to say it, like, oh, everything ties back to slavery, but it does. It does. And, it yeah, really does. And it starts there, but then it continued all the way up to like the '90s. You know, when you yeah. got the jail and the mass incarceration, all that stuff. It's all still, that. it's still there. So um, we'll leave it at that, y'all. Oh, sorry. We don't, we don't want to get all extra super <laughs> pro black on here. We do, but we want to focus this on my black ladies. Okay. Got um, it. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, there's a lot of change that needs to be done. So. Um, let's go into the next topic, which is, uh, I wanted to talk to you cause we talked a couple days ago and it was interesting that you told me about your perspective on it. And I want you to share it with the listeners, but let's talk about black girl magic. All right. Yeah. So the hashtag, you mentioned it earlier that these movements are pushing different subgroups forward and black yeah. girl magic. Let me give you a little bit of backstory on black girl magic because I use my Google and then I looked at, at some stuff. So, sure. um, the term black girl magic it had been used for a while but it became like a big thing in 2013 in june mm-hmm. of 2013 that was the big um benchmark and that was what kashan right i think kashan thompson. thompson right you got it you got it see i had to go online and look you already knew <laughs> no, no 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 i just knew it because i researched it too but no but i remember looking at it like a couple of years back to wonder where this came from but you go right and that's where it's from and um basically what it's used for is to uplift black women and to remind them about their power and their beauty both inside and out and Beautiful. I, I personally, as far as my opinion on it, and I'll give a quick opinion and I want you to share what you have to say on it. But I think I've always thought of it as a positive affirmation to celebrate the successes of our black women today, to honor our black women and recognize that, you know, other races can't do some of the things that y'all do. You know, it's a testament to the standards of excellence that you continue to set while you're not losing your identity. You are setting yourself apart, but still being like the leader as far as what women want to be you know what people want to be um almost superhuman but tell me your thoughts on the black girl magic movement yeah sure um you know i'm gonna just put this blankly out there in my mind it is completely positive it's a primarily positive thing and i believe it i i love it um however very much to how you use the term rise I have an issue with the word magic and um, you know, I'm, I'm all for, like I said, the positive outlook and the positive um, platform for this, um, you know, about role models and attaining goals. But um, along with that, it just came with magic implies something supernatural and different, which does explain the black woman perfectly. That's really what it is. However, I find words like magic to justify what we've already been and have always been insulting 
We are just black, period. We're women, period. We're black girls, period. The fact that you need to add magic to try to explain something just kind of is like, oh, you know what, that is just something mystic about them yeah we're here and we've been here the whole time it, it's just one of those things that i just feel like it just is another moniker another um uh, uh what am i trying to say um another not stigma for lack of a better word but another label that's the word I'm for another label to put on us and i i mean i love i get it i know what it, and I'm, it's a very unpopular opinion terrence i know and i'm you're probably gonna get some kind of crazy stuff about this but i really believe that it it just implies that we can't just be who we are. We have to be some kind of mystical creature like a fucking unicorn. Right. And I love that. And I know I think Tiffany had it as her thing. She's like, I'm the last black unicorn because she is unique. We are unique. We get it. But it's just the fact that 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 term. Uh, but but that's that's my issue with the actual phrasing. What it represents, I'm all for. But it's, again, it's in the wording. It's the it's the words that carry on you know what i mean it's the words that even from the african girls when you're girls when we were sitting around sharing stories and all that stuff it's these words it's storytelling it's so the words are important so when we look back at this movement from 2013 and be like oh yeah man that black girl black girl um black girl magic movement what happened with that they had a moment yeah Yeah, they had they had a moment you know like and that's but then again, and we think, I don't, I mean, the Black Panther Party is another kind of example of like how that the mm. name still sticks oh. with us, but now the name has a different connotation different now. Connotation. You yeah. feel me? And Black Girl yeah. Magic, it's always going to be probably something positive, hopefully. I'll speak on that. Not really, um, because I mean, but, you know, but, if you ask but, some white people, they were, they didn't even know what Black Panther didn't. was, the movie. And they were like, oh my God. What, <laughs> oh my oh, God. Oh, they're going to be terrorizing America. Like, no. It's, right, right. Yeah. But I have to admit, just as a. Okay, I'll put it out there. It is my duty, not only as a woman, but as an artist to explore and question every trend and movement because it, it needs it needs that. That's how we balance it. To look at the pros and not only like as a con, but just pros and challenges on certain things. Um and and to be completely honest, I've used the black girl magic programming and model when I've done a lot of my youth programming. I had two programs. Um one when I was working in Virginia and then when I lived in Georgia, one was called Lift, which was the Leadership Institute for Teens. I did that with Girls Inc. And then I started my own program uh called the uh, Girls Leadership and Mentors of Athletes. And it was to serve primarily black communities. But um, rather than just using the, you know, black girl magic as just like a, an affinitive thing, I talk that as a supplement to how does us being um, accepting of ourselves can uh, lend to peer to peer interaction and philanthropy. And what happens with the black girl magic model is it teaches them to hold themselves to the highest esteem. That's what we need to work on is on that that acceptance. When I said that's why we're so that's why we're on that rise, for lack of a better word, because we've accepted ourselves. But what happens is what makes us magic, quote unquote, and perfect in whatever way you want to define it is how we pair with this imperfect society. And that's the magic of it. It's the magic of us being able to mold and adapt. That's what makes that's magic. Now, that's supernatural because not everyone can adapt to ever-changing trends ever-changing presidents ever-changing administrations we we and we mold with that and we somehow find our way in there every time terrence and that's magic so that's what i teach them how to 
take your esteem and build up your fellow community. That's magic to me. Right. But the fact to just call us or have it called Black Girl Magic just because it's a fun little term, which I know Kashan, that's not what she was going for. What she was trying to do is that very basic. But of some what people have been taking it that way. Even black women yeah. have been using it sort of incorrectly just like mm. oh i'm black so i don't have to do nothing because i'm right black i think magic. i've seen you that know? i think i've seen that yeah i mean and you like it's kind of hard to pinpoint but you just know like sometimes y'all with this hashtag and this movement and stuff you swing your weight around a little bit and right. you know i don't think that's necessarily okay you should be using this powerful platform to promote and uplift from within and not right. to you know flaunt or brag um, right. You know, uh, one thing I wanted to say, and I, I got a couple of things I wanted to say. Sure. Uh, first of all, it's it's important to understand that, you know, I understand that you're having issues with the black girl magic and it makes us feel like we're being put in a subgroup. But the thing is, you, you're in a subgroup. So you're already in a subgroup. So I think the importance of it personally, and this is just personal opinion, I think the importance of it is to to really intensify that too yes we are separate from y'all but we are still just as strong just as powerful as anybody else um there's because th th i think let's face it there's no way for us to be equal 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 in this in this right. country i mean you know so we have to do something for ourselves to uh push us forward whether separately or equal and you know that's that's basically what it is i mean we that that's i think that's the same thing with the black lives matter movement whereas you know we understand that we're different and we deserve a voice like everyone else but at the same time we understand that we are different from you um so i mean i don't know if i was on base there but that's kind of what i was mm -hmm. thinking as you're no, talking no i appreciate that um another thing too is the negative connotations that are also associated with it i did some thinking too cuz when we talked about it, i was like how could black girl magic possibly yeah, yeah. <laughs> be negative i was like we yeah. love y'all we want y'all to love y'all and just all this good stuff and you know you brought up some good points about you know being categorized as like a hashtag just a moment um or you know being more but here's my thing there's a couple of things the black girl magic movement can be taken wrong by other races and genders sure. i think that's safe to say you know people get jealous when they see other people you know out here like really celebrating um i mean and i hate to say stuff like this but you know i've heard white people i've literally heard white people say well why isn't there a, a wet there's a bet mm -hmm. why isn't there a wet mm -hmm. you know there's black history month why isn't there white history month which is all the other 11 months but my point the point mm -hmm. remains you know when you start separating yourself from the group in a country that we quote unquote claim to be equal we want to be equal but then when we start segregating ourselves they look at us like we're the bad guy you know like mm -hmm. we're oh you don't want to be a part of this america stuff you know da 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 so that's one con negative connotation that could possibly come from black girl, black girl magic hashtag yeah. any hashtags any. that have to do with black stuff just yeah. like just like you know black lives matter they tried to bring it all oh. in and you know try to be included so you know i i would not be surprised if i hit the hashtag button and type in hashtag white i might see white girl magic somewhere you know uh, you, and, and it's so funny um that i've uh, and, okay can i ask you a question or that's mm -hmm. not i have to oh. ask you a question no, how yeah. do you feel about white people using 
Black girl magic is a hashtag. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you a prime example. Okay. Um, I work with a lot of people at women's centers, and you know it's prime. It's just a mixed race of people that work there. But we you know we share in a lot of um like we we love Beyonce, we love Sierra, and we like oh man that's black girl magic right there. And they will share pictures about them and write these beautiful like this is what we want our women to aspire to be. That's black girl magic right there. How do you feel? about someone that isn't black using the using that i'm always curious about that it's two sides it's mm-hmm. really two sides of thought and i pull myself constantly between these trains of thought all the time whereas like the one side of me is saying this is what we wanted we want people to celebrate us we want people to acknowledge the greatness that we bring to this country that we have for decades and decades and centuries we want it, want people to realize that. But on the flip side, you don't know if you can trust it because if it's coming from a genuine place or if it's simply you're living in the moment or you're trying to um, please or appease the, the, the audience that you're talking to. Right. Um, on the code switching episode, I talked about when, you know, it was a situation where I was out with a group of girls uh, and, a, and a group of guys. It was like a, um, a, hol- a Christmas party. And the white guy thought that he could be down with it because he was <laughs> around the black folks. So it, it's one of those situations, too. Whereas, you know, a black girl, would she my point is, would she use the black girl magic hashtag if no black people was following on her timeline or if mm-hmm, anybody, mm-hmm. any black girls were with her? Like, is that something that you genuinely feel and you support like out of the love of your heart? Or are you just saying it just to get a rise, just to get in good with the black community? And the the sad part is it's hard to differentiate what is what. Even if you say, and white people, I love y'all, but it's hard for us sometimes to determine if you're genuine with what you're you're saying and what you're feeling. So I I put a lot more salt on your actions versus you just putting a hashtag or you taking a picture with a couple black folks. You know, it's deeper than that. So to answer the question... Yes and no. <laughs> I mean, do mm-hmm. I get I get offended a little bit? Like a part of me just like, eh. but the other part is okay. Well, that's that's they, they see they recognize the greatness. So I share in the same sentiment. I was just curious where you kind of fell in that because I in that very moment while it was happening right in front of me, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, aren't you bold? I was like, wow, I, I see what you're doing. I see that you acknowledge it and mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Um, but I also am like, do, is that something that you think you can just kind of start sprinkling on stuff too? I, yeah, you know, so just I just so always you can just add. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> right. you know, I'm not really a big fan of that, and I, you know, I'm going to move to the next part. But sure. one thing that I kind of do is I kind of stay fluid around my different races. I try to stay neutral so that way I'm not, you Same. know, being being you know treated like the black guy of the group, and they got to do some black stuff, or I got to do some white. Stuff. It ain't all that. Just and I'm the just blessing. Being, yeah. We, I share in that same as well. Like, and, and it's not something I have to try to do anymore. I'm just me because I realize that's what I embody. Right. That, you know, I know that my race enters everywhere that I enter. I know, but I know that does not have to be in the forefront of everything. And, and that's that mindfulness again of why we're on the rise because we realize we know what we are, but we don't need to throw it in your face. Right. So we know we're, we're great. We know this. We know that. But I don't need to make that the center of every time I meet with people and I of any race or any room or whatever. But anyway, we can right. definitely go forward. And that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna oh, that's yeah. cool. And that's gonna tie into the next part that I'm gonna get into in a minute. Cause I wanna talk about the angry black woman, y'all. 
I want to talk about I want to talk about that stereotype. And the thing is about black women, y'all, just heads up. Like, okay, I went on Wikipedia, right? And there's like like 90 million different bullets of different things that uh, black women are stereotyped as. Um, or being, you know, cast as, or being perceived as. So we're just scratching the surface. So, but before I move to the next point, I want to finish my point on black girl magic and the negative connotations that I realized. Um, I think the biggest one is black women, you know, you, like you, you kind of said it, but I want to hit it a little bit harder. The thing is black girl magic implies superhuman ability. Like you, you just can't be touched. But the thing is, you know, black women just like anybody else are human and the the hashtag implies that you're beyond human when you're human like the rest of us you are capable of breaking you're capable of being depressed you're, ca- mm-hmm. you're capable of going through emotions mm-hmm. treated unjustly and feeling pain and when we take that part away then it it it, it can have some negative negative connotations as far as how much you can shoulder and it can end up breaking breaking you you know, um, I, mm-hmm. and one thing that I, I thought about was, you know, how black women have suffered in silence for so many years because to speak out and to say anything, you're immediately, you know, chastised or reprimanded for, you know, your thoughts and feelings. I mean, it's kind of the same way now. I see it now. People kind of get on black women for being, you know, loud or, or they get quick to say something. But Oh, we're you know, getting there. We haven't, you haven't gave me the prompt to speak on that yet. But oh, we're I'm, getting I'm, to that yeah, part. I'm coming. <laughs> I, it's, this, is, this is what's called, ladies and gentlemen of the broadcasting industry, this is a transition. Okay. Transition segue. <laughs> this is that. a segue. Yes, a, a sweep, whatever you want to call it. But the point, the point is, ladies, y'all are human. And I think when we're pushing this black girl magic movement and all these movements for, you know, black girls rock, all that stuff, we also have to understand that y'all are capable of feeling pain. And we also have to understand that, you know, we can't push you. You can't push yourselves like harder than you can go. Recognize your humanity. Okay. So transition, angry black woman. So. Let's talk about where the stereotype came from and what are your thoughts on that stereotype and what do you think we can do as a society to get rid of that? Gotcha. Um, big question. Yeah, it's a, it's a big one. It's a, it's a, a, a three-parter, really. Um, mm-hmm. Well, the history is just is deep behind it that I, I can't even, even manifest how far it goes back. Oh, I yeah. just know that that's something I always aspired not to be um and not even knowing I was being quote unquote angry or that kind of way um until it got kind of in my face in my early 20s um but even like in the workplace especially being in academia when you as a person are an entity for this big business and that's actually for any business we work for when you represent the university or something as a whole business as a whole um you have to always kind of be mindful of your temperament always um and that can attest for even going into relationships and friendships and there's kind of a dichotomy um from mindful black women I'm speaking from a a true place of this like self-love right now um I'm a woman that had to deal with anger 
in myself, a temper in myself. And I had to find where the roots of that was. Now, rather than me just saying, I am who I am, accept me at my worst. You don't deserve me at my best kind of crap. I really acknowledged what was unhealthy about it. Now, what was interesting is that things that were being perceived as angry were and rightfully so anger. They were. Now, sometimes me having a certain facial expression, me being articulate and bold with my statements, that's also perceived as angry or or to um or arrogant or whatever the word they want to use. And in that regard, that's where the stereotype is the worst. Because there is something in a woman accepting, hey man, I got some things I need to handle because I know I go off the handle with this. I get like this, I get loud like that. But then when it's when it's needed, we we can experience, experience these emotions because you are right. We we are human, and I'm glad that you're using this platform to. Uh, and I'm sorry, I'm coming for you, Terrence. I feel like you're mansplaining and telling a woman that she has the permission to be human. We know we're human, so <laughs> I'm sorry. It's got to come at you on that. That's all right. Sometimes I feel That's like okay. men feel like it's their place to tell us how we need to feel. We know how we need to feel. I'm but, telling them. <laughs> I'm and, telling and again, them. And again, and I know again, you're human. I'm telling them they need to know. Okay, exactly. damn, you ain't gonna come for me on my damn show. I own this show. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just gonna keep it real with you, you no, know. I feel but you. Um, I feel you. but I, what I will say that um, it comes. It's so deep, and I'm kind of dancing around the one word that I've been trying not to say, mm. but it's the word fear. Mm. It's the fear of on a lot of different folds society not understanding us because they want to put us in a bubble they want to say black women boom that's the umbrella and then there's different little trinkets and different ways that we fall underneath that but there the fear is the unknown the the not acceptance of self that's a big thing but then also in how we're perceived it's it's fearful you know we are naturally give given features that are a little bit more expressive we have bigger mouths broader sexier nose big eyes so when we express something with our bodies with our mouths with everything it, it's scary because it's unknown it's you don't yeah. it's animated to them but to yeah. us we're just existing yeah. so you know there, i can you know i've been an actor for many years i've had when i okay for example when i had to go from stage to film work and me being angry on stage looked very different on film they told me to bring it in relax your eyebrows are you overacting no i'm fucking angry right now and this is what anger looks like on this body mm. they're very they were used to very you know eurocentric mm. kind of features giving a certain look so it's uh, it's a misunderstanding it's and it's a fear that wow. comes along with it yeah it's deep it's really mm. deep like yeah. and then i had to look at it from just a, a like i said an artist standpoint and a woman's standpoint um but the the thing is it's one of those things of everyone, us not having the same right to express ourselves, even through gender and racial oppression. Like we, we, we are perceived, we're meant to hold ourselves to a certain way. And if we're anything out of that small margin, that mark, like we're put in this little box, if we shade anywhere around outside of that, it's scary. They don't know how to handle it. They can't handle the emotion. They can't handle when we cry. They can't handle when we yell. And we're just expressing the very same things that they feel. It just looks physically, it looks different to them and they can't comprehend it. Right. So, yeah. So, so, let, so let me let me ask you this question. So how do we combat that? Because like 
it's 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 ingrained in society. We know that this is what's happening. It still continues this day. Is there any solution to this or or, or like who has to take the first stand to make a change as far as that negative connotation? Yeah, um, I believe change comes through dialogue. Dialogue can mean through voice, through body, through art, whatever. And I believe dialogue is what does it. This is doing it. Um, Using different, using the platforms of media to do it. I mean, like I said, these hashtags, YouTube now has all these ways for us to express more. We're, We're seeing more um, variances and bodies and expressions and I think it's it's clearing up some things it is but it is very systemic and I think unfortunately um, you can't teach an old dog new tricks they say that if that's all you know and it's kind of ingrained like you know when you talk about your baby boomers and generation before us like I, I, I think mm-hmm. I see where you that's going. that's there I mean I, I mean and yes we can shade and like you know what you know I won't use this crayon I'll use a different shade now but mm-hmm. I st- still this you know yeah, but right and but us this so now with us the gen z's and the millennials and all of that and gen x still we we have this kind of um this way of now having the permission to give acceptance and to ask because remember it was a it was impolite to ask certain things now even if we are hiding behind freaking posts and we don't know who's really saying it behind these you know forums but at least Mm -hmm. we're asking it we're trying and it's and unfortunately there isn't a right or wrong answer of how to get rid of it because in saying to get rid of something is telling me not to be myself so what i don't need to do is get rid of that it's just an explanation and understanding that needs to happen it's to realize that it shouldn't be about fear it should be about being inquisitive it's okay to be inquisitive i think we've gotten afraid that like, i mean i'm not going to don't ask any, other, tell, but is any that, other any other race and gender is i think yeah, they, they're yeah. quick to be inquisitive and you know go there so why can't you guys do that you know yeah, just, yeah. yeah. and and i think um I think there's this beautiful movement that's coming about with being more mindful of black uh, people with mental uh, illness and mental being mentally healthy. Um, there's a stigma that's finally lifting. It's literally lifting, especially if you're talking about a nation that's built on Christianity and don't go to a psychiatrist. Don't talk about, you know what I mean? All that's of right. that, all that's happening that's in right. the household. It's, it's lifting. Now that's, I've seen that change in 10 yeah. years. I've literally seen the increase of women that I have aces in my life, women that I love that we've been through therapy and we're talking about, it. and it does not make me any less spiritual or whatever. It just makes me more enlightened to myself. And I think that's it. It's that dialogue. It's right. saying, yeah, I, I do this. I have this. This is a part of who I am. Um, but to say to just try to get rid of it and have an answer. I mean, I know it's not what you're asking, but like well, it yeah. is the dialogue, Terrence. Like it's this. Uh, I think of the pebble in a river or in water. It's going to ripple. It's the ripple effect. Sure. You never know who's going to listen to this. And then possibly, possibly ask your friend, hey, have you ever been called an angry dot, dot, dot? Yes. Let me tell you about dialogue. Yeah. You're right. For sure. And because, and I'm not going to piggyback off everything you said, but because of the social media, especially social media, I mean, I could do a whole episode on that. But, you know, social media has promoted so many different movements. And I'm going to cap off with this and I'm going to kind of give a little closer or whatever. But I think... 
it's so many movements out here that people can't even keep their head on straight. Yes. I mean, you know, we got a, 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 a gay black 19 year old boy that is on the top of the country and hip hop charts. Like, it's, it's so much stuff going on that we can't even keep up with all the movements and what to get behind. Or should we be getting behind stuff at all and just accepting things for what they are mm. in 2019, which is what they should have been? So, I mean, that's the way I look at it. I mean, there's so many hashtags mm. and uh, inclusion on, on commercials that, and all kind of stuff that just, you know, to try to promote this inclusivity. And why can't we just let it happen organically? And just come together and talk and just let these things just occur and stop making people feel like they are, and to tie back to the beginning of the show, a subsect of society. So that's, uh, whew, I love it. I love it. This is, this has been a really, really good episode. And I hate to cut you off here because there's plenty to go. Um, I didn't even get to a topic that I wanted to talk about. I know. Yeah. We're going to have to save that for a part two. And actually, I, that could probably be a whole episode, y'all. So what I wanted to talk about, and I'll just give you a little sneak peek just in case I do an episode on it. But it's about black men versus black women. Okay. And I, why do I say versus? We're not against each other. Oh, yeah. But we are. Um, we display that all the time. And there's so many. Um, let me use your word. Uh dichotomies did i even use it i don't even know i don't even really know what the word really exactly means i just sat here and i was like mm-hmm, yeah dichotomy mm-hmm. but um there's so many different uh trains of thought um yeah. behind the way the perceptions go with black men and black women and all that stuff uh i don't want to get into that right now because we don't ran out of time but uh we will save it for another episode so um mm-hmm. man this this is this is really good um yeah, Terrence, it, it, thank you so much. I uh, just want to say thank you again, like just for doing this, letting me have a platform, giving this this kind of topic some levity to kind of put out there and hopefully, you know, um, get another dialogue, like I said, spurred up in some people, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it's not and I'll cap off with this. It's not about. Now now that I'm at the end of this episode, when I first started this episode, I wanted to make it about celebrating black women and making y'all feel special. But now on the other end, now I'm like, you know what? Y'all already know that y'all are amazing. It's about showing them and mm-hmm. telling them about not only the amazing things y'all do, but also the struggles that you deal with and try to get a holistic understanding of what yeah. black women are all about. And knowing so. that through all of that, we mm-hmm. still are persevering. I mean, that's just that's the celebration. So you did. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say it. I don't care if it's your show. You did talk about how to celebrate the celebration of Black Women. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's a full bodied approach that I'm doing on this show. I cover everything. There okay, you go. This, this is motherfucking colorful language, y'all. Okay. Love it. All right. Little Sam right there. <laughs> you know, motherfucking snakes on the motherfucking, motherfucking plane. plane. <laughs> Brittany, Brittany, thank you so yeah. much. Mm-hmm. Thank <laughs> this you. Is, well, oh, I almost did my closer. I almost spoke, spoke over you. I got to work on that. This is Colorful Language. Colorful Language. Hey, everybody. If you like this episode of Colorful Language, subscribe to the channel on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Also, if you want to share your thoughts on the show, contact Friday Beats at The Colorful Language on Instagram, at Color Language on Twitter, and through the Colorful Language Facebook page. Thanks for listening. You're natural. I need to get paid.